the City Rev Life podcast. Once again, my name is Josh and I'm joined here with Pastor Justin. We were with you all last week discussing the topic of pornography. And once again, maybe you're a regular listener, in which case, glad to have you back. Or maybe you're somebody that's actively struggling with this subject. We want to commend you and take our hats off to you, even though we're not actually wearing any hats. We are glad you still clicked on this video because that's a hard thing to do when you're walking through a struggle. Um, If that is you, you're struggling with pornography. We are so glad you're here and you're listening to this. Uh, We hope that this is going to be life-giving to you um, and also challenging because we we believe that God has something better for you. And so, uh, Justin, we talked a lot about uh, introing this topic of pornography last week. Um, but I think the question that we need to answer with today's podcast is what's the big deal? Yeah. Right. It feels like the culture has just kind of taken pornography and all that, like we defined in our last video, all that that is and has run with it. Yeah. And just embraced it, normalized it. it yeah. Embrace, I think normalize it's the perfect word. Um, and that might be because it's starting at an earlier and earlier age, like we discussed last week, sadly. Yeah. Um, but it's becoming more and more normal. And despite statistics and studies that are showing the negative effects of it, it's still becoming more and more normalized. And so what's the big deal? What's the big deal about pornography? Yeah, you know, one of the things we talked about in the first episode was just how widespread and how prominent this is percentage-wise in our society. And so if it's that widespread, can it really be that big of a deal if that many people are regularly viewing And so here's why that question is so important. Um, If you don't agree with what God has to say about this topic, if you aren't firm and in agreement and alignment with what God says about what is sin and what is not sin, then you will have no starting point to even begin to battle that area in your life. Yeah, It starts with, if we're going to experience all that God has for us, if we're going to become the men and women God has called us to be. And, and again, I'm, I'm speaking here, um, assuming you're a Christian. Maybe you're listening and you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, what I would say, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you, you are courageous enough to click on this podcast, we're, we're grateful that you are. And mm-hmm. what we want to say to you is, is Jesus, not just with this area of your life, but every area of your life, right? This is, we're highlighting one area, yeah. but we have brokenness and sin all over the spectrum, we need God's grace. And God has offered up his son, Jesus, to rescue, to forgive, to give us new life. And when we put our faith in Jesus, God gives us his spirit. And his spirit gives us the power to grow and become like Christ, um, step by step, sometimes taking a few steps forward and one step back. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's a journey. But the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in us where we increasingly become like Christ. And so starting with this this question of you know in this episode what's the problem with it this is such a big question because if you aren't convinced of the devastating effects of pornography if you don't agree with what god says about his his purpose for sex his design for sex if you're unsure you're going to justify it you'll excuse it you'll compare yourself to others and say well they're way worse than i am so i must mm-hmm. be good you have to come to a point where you fully and firmly agree this is sinful, this is wrong, it's not for my good or for the good of others, yeah. and God is calling me to flee it. 
Yeah. I mean, the first step to addressing an issue in your life is recognizing you have one. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I think there's probably many different types of people listening today to this podcast. Yep. Maybe you're somebody who is open about the fact that you have a struggle with it and you responded to the call last week or you've already talked about it with somebody mm-hmm. and you're you're actively addressing it. That's one type of person. There might be the person that still hasn't taken that step of talking with someone about it or it's someone who's just kind of like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. It's an issue. It's something I, I actively engage in in my life and I just, yeah. I haven't seen any bad fruit from it, we would say, yet. Um, and so I'm just kind of, I'm just partaking. Yeah. And so they're also, I think they're all asking the question, what's the big deal? Um, but some might just take God's word for it at yeah. face value and read that one verse where it says, abstain from it, it's bad. Um, but you dive deeper into scripture, you dive deeper into science and, and the study of how God made us. Right. And you start to see why God has yeah. that calling on our lives and why he encourages mm-hmm. us to stay away from it. So I think I think it's absolutely right to start there. Yeah. Addressing so let's do that. that. A problem. Let's look at what the Bible says. So here's one passage uh, that I think gives us a lot of wisdom on this topic. Mm-hmm. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, mm-hmm. that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to Mm. you. And so here God gives a clear description of his desire for your life. His will for your life is your sanctification. It's that your life would be set apart for holy purposes, Mm. that your life would be used by God and, and that you would live in accordance with his good design for your life. And the first thing he says after describing what that looks like is to abstain from sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. Now, one error in the church is you make that the only thing that the Bible talks about. And I think mm. in some unhealthy expressions of talking about this topic, when, when it, this can become the all-consuming thing and it can become, uh, you know, this thing that's on its own level and nothing else is even uh, close to it, to, the dis, you know, to disregard and discredit other areas of brokenness, that's certainly wrong. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about greed, mm-hmm. the lust for money, and the way that brings destruction and strong language, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, we shouldn't ignore the clear warnings here in Scripture. There's some serious language here. And his commands, God's commands, it's so important for us to understand. They're not arbitrary. You know, God just threw some darts on a board and said, hey, let's see where things land, and we'll call that good and that bad. Right. Right, right. His his commands are an expression of his own character, goodness, and wisdom. So when God says flee from sexual immorality, from porneia, to use the Greek word, from sexual expression, lusting activity outside of marriage between a man and a woman, when God says to flee from that, he's not doing so because he wants you to not have fun, yeah. to ruin your life, to make you be bored, to, to make you miss out. He's doing so because he made life to flourish a certain way. 
And when we go outside of that design, we end up harming ourselves and we harm others and mm. we break the heart of God who loves us and wants better for us. I think that's so important for us to recognize when we're talking about God's law or something that he has said, this is evil, right? There's a heart behind it. Yeah. There's wisdom behind it. There's a love behind it. Yeah. It's because he has something so much greater for you. There's some, something so much better. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we just take God's law, the yes and no's, the do's and don'ts, and we think, okay, God's taking all the fun. He's taking all the things that I want to do away, which right. means uh, he must be evil. Like it's so backwards, but yeah. I think that's a, a way we, of thinking we fall into sometimes. Yeah. God has such a good heart for us. It said right there at the beginning of the verse, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Yeah. To be set apart. He has a plan, a purpose for your life. He cares and he loves for you. Yeah. So let's let's go a little deeper into that. Yeah. You know, what what is the big deal about pornography? We're hearing God's heart behind it, but what do we see yeah. um maybe relationally, societally? Yeah. And let's maybe make the connection. So this you might say, well, this verse just says we should flee from or abstain from sexual immorality. Mm. How do we know that pornography is sexual immorality? That's good. Well, let, let's not assume that. So uh first of all, that term porneia is, is uh, like we mentioned in the first episode, a broad term. It covers a whole host of different forms of sexual deviation from God's design. And sexual immorality, we would say, certainly speaks directly to pornography for the following reasons, okay? Here, here's the problem with pornography. There are relational problems with pornography. There are physiological problems with pornography, and there are societal problems. Mm with pornography. So let's let's break these down. Okay, number 1, relationally, pornography harms our relationship with other humans. Mm. It harms our relationship with other humans. You might say, what do you mean? It's done in private. It's behind closed doors. In fact, the people around me don't even know that uh, that I I view it. Well, there's so much we could say about this, but let's just start here. Another way of saying, for a person to say, I watch pornography, another way of saying that is to say, to consume pornographic content is to participate in the dehumanizing objectification of human beings who are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Another way of saying what you're doing is you are participating in the dehumanizing objectification of a human being made in the image of God. Mm. It's turning a person with a story who's on the other side of that screen into an object for you to consume and exploit. Mm -hmm. And that that in and of itself, th that is the heart behind why sex is for marriage to begin with, because sex is not about making the, the partner the object for you to exploit. It's an expression of outflowing love. Mm. And the desire to express that love outward to another. It's not about exploiting someone for your own gain. We'll talk about that more in the next episode. But Genesis 1 is clear. Humans are made in the image of God. Mm. Human beings have value. Um, we have purpose in the sight of God, dignity in the sight of God. And pornography is robbing people of their humanity and using your eyes as a weapon to strike them down. That, that is what it's doing. Mm. And that language might sound exaggerated. It might sound over the top, but, but we were talking before this about an example of, you know, something that's parallel to this. 
that we would be horrified by. Um, so you and Melanie went on a trip to Europe, right? When you first got married, you guys yes. go to Rome. Did you yes. guys go to Rome? Yes. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so when I was in high school, I went to Rome, and I one of the places I remember visiting was the Colosseum. Have you guys, did yes. you guys do that one? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible that it's still standing to this day. It boggles my mind. Yeah. An incredible structure. And I read recently, historians estimate some 400,000 gladiators died Jeez. in that arena alone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 400,000 human beings died and the disturbing part about it is they died to the applause and cheering mm. of thousands upon thousands of people who were watching them for sport it's hard for me to fathom yeah really just you know just not only the the violence but just people cheering it on and for it to go on for so long yes i mean that could hundreds of years so that would be like our entire lifetime yeah. for us to be born and then live a full life and then pass away and our entire lives that was just the thing. Yeah. Gladiators. A, an iconic thing that the culture celebrated at the time um, was was these these gladiator uh, events. Yeah. And so we we hear that and we're repulsed by that. I mean, the thought of that is just so alarming. Mm -hmm. And why? Why is it so alarming? It's because it's so dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. It's turning people into objects that you get to just watch for sport and yell and scream as they as you watch them killed mm. i mean and it's not only dehumanizing for the people who are in the arena it's also dehumanizing for the people in the crowd yeah who are in this environment where they're being induced i mean that you know the mob mentality it's so easy to get swept up yep. and just join in yep. you're being encouraged to just join in and celebrate the destruction of human life. It's sad. I mean, it doesn't stop there in the stadium, right? They'd walk out of the stadium and they're still dehumanizing yes. those, the, the race of people or the type of people or whatever they might have yeah. chosen for that time period. Yeah. So that's an extreme example, an exaggerated sure. example of a smaller but parallel dynamic that's at work when we're thinking about pornography. It is turning a human being yeah. into an object for you to exploit. And for our own selfish gain, for your own, own selfish gain, for your yeah. own entertainment yeah. and consumption. And so relationally, it brings harm. There, there's a reason God says to not participate in sexual immorality, in porneia. Mm. And, and in the case of, of pornography, the reason there's wisdom behind fleeing from this is because, number one, it affects our relationships. It affects the way we view people. Mm. Uh, it dehumanizes people. It dehumanizes us. And so mm. God wants to free us from that. And it's no coincidence that anger and violence is often portrayed in pornography. Listen to this. Uh, recent studies analyzing the content of popular porn videos, it's estimated that as few as one in three and as many as nine in ten scenes show acts of physical aggression or violence mm while about half contain verbal aggression. These studies also found that women were the targets of aggression or violence about 97% of the time. Gosh. So, so this is contributing towards a, a dehumanizing approach to people, yeah. to objectifying people. And so we need to agree with God that this is harmful. Mm -hmm. But there's also physiological consequences. Hmm. Maybe you could read 1 Corinthians yeah, 6, 18. Here's uh, what it says. Yeah, go for it. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral, sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So 
here, one of the reasons that's given as to why, notice again, this is the father heart of God. Mm. There's a reason given why we are to flee from porneia. It's because he says every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. There's a way in which sexual sin uniquely does bring harm on yourself mm. in a way that is different from other types of sin. And, and so a couple of ways that we just know this scientifically, for example, is that oxytocin is a hormone that's released and uh, during sex or during, uh, you know, if someone is, is viewing pornography for sexual pleasure, oxytocin is being released throughout their body. That hormone is a hormone that has several different purposes. One of those purposes is the purpose of bonding. Mm. So oxytocin, interestingly enough, is released when a, a mother is nursing her baby and it contributes towards bonding with that child. So what's happening in our bodies when we're viewing pornography and having a, a sexual encounter with a screen? Yeah. All of a sudden, our body, our brain, our, the way we're, we're now wiring ourselves is we're, we're being trained to bond mm. in this way. And this is, contributes to the, the addictive nature of pornography. So it does, it brings sin against our body. It rewires mm. our brains. Uh, there's yeah. all sorts of neurological evidence of the ways that that viewing pornography rewires the way that your your neurons are wired together, mm. and so there are physiological consequences. It brings harm to ourselves. So there's relational consequences, physiological consequences, and then three societal consequences. Mm. There, there's wide scale consequences to what happens when this is an epidemic that starts to echo out and e then even in the church starts to become something that's unaddressed that you can't speak about that people are caught up in well here's the thing pornography is linked a number of ways uh to sex trafficking and uh the the trafficking of children mm -hmm. um there is this direct line you can connect the dots the the pornography industry is related to and dependent on the sex trafficking industry. Mm. Uh, the, the, the sheer size of it and demand uh, for, for sex workers. Uh, so this is a huge deal. This is a, this is a societal problem. It's not just the person alone in their bedroom. There are ramifications uh, about this. And so training an entire generation, this is what pornography is doing, training an entire generation to view sex as a cheap consumer good. Mm-hmm. What that does is something far more uh, impactful and influential than just the confines of your private, yeah. in the dark, door locked experience. There are societal ramifications when an entire generation is being trained to view sex as a cheap consumer good. There'll yeah. be less commitment in marriage. You're being trained for multiple sexual partners, trained for unfaithfulness in marriage mm -hmm. and just we just know from study after study after study all of the correlations between poverty rates incarceration rates children in the foster care system that are correlated yep. to a broken home where there isn't a healthy marriage relationship in the mm. house and so all of that to say to the person who's struggling with pornography the key is you, you have to have this resolve to say mm. 
I agree with what God says about pornography. Yeah. I, I agree. It is not for my good. It breaks the heart of God. It is not for the good of others. Mm. This needs to stop in my life. And that really is the key starting point to then finding freedom. That's really good, Justin. Um, so maybe leave us with an application. You know, we're trying to each episode of this series give one uh, baby step or one quick application, something that you can, a step you can take this week in this fight. So maybe leave us with one. Yeah. Uh, well, w- one step that I would just say, it's very practical. It might even sound, you might hear and say, oh, you know, is that really going to do anything? But I, I just want to make sure that we don't miss out on what the scripture says is one of the most mm. powerful ways we fight any temptation. And Psalm 119 verse 9 summarizes it well. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Mm. When Jesus is being tempted by the enemy in the in the wilderness, when Jesus is facing the devil, he faces these temptations, Jesus responds with the word of God to the lies of Satan. And yeah. so this is a battle that we're going to talk about in, in later episodes in this series. We're going to give practical tools that are extremely practical. Like, yep. you know, talk about things you can, you can do, software you can have, you know, ways to get accountability. All that's great. We're going to yep. talk about that. But we've got to start with the heart. We have to start with the heart. Yeah. You have to agree with God with what's good and what's not good. And his word guarded in your heart helps you in this area. So the challenge we'd give you this week is to just simply memorize 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4. Yeah. I've got it here. I want to read it real quick. Yeah, go for it. Read it. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. So I might even, if if I was you and, and you're wanting to use this scripture for battling against this temptation, I might even personalize it and say, for this is the will of God, my sanctification, yeah. that I may abstain from sexual immorality, that I would know how to control my own body in holiness and honor. This yeah. is God's will for my life. It's powerful. Memorize that. Pray it. Take each phrase and say, God, this is your will for me. You want me to be sanctified. Mm. You want me to grow in Christ-likeness. You want me to abstain from sexual immorality. Mm. God, would you help me? And, And take each phrase as a way to pray and talk to the Lord. And from that place of repentance, from that place of honesty and brokenness before God, his kindness leads us to healing. Mm. And in the last episode, we talked about it's so helpful when we talk to a fellow brother or sister about this struggle. If you're a man, talk to a brother. If you're a woman, talk to a sister in Christ about this struggle. But we also want to talk to God. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to him about this. Yeah. And one of the ways we can do that is have his word in our hearts and respond to it in prayer and keep that as a, an active conversation with him. Uh, in our lives. That's so good. Well, thank you, Pastor Justin, for being with us today, continuing this series. We'll see you next week as we continue our series on pornography. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.